0: Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki and you listen to the MAPS Step Back podcast.
3: Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty. Luka carrying a torch, boy jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game and he a legend by his fourth, look, the dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving, as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, Want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luka carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, No it really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass L. Jordan, I ain't woke up the city. Map shooting Like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smooth, but you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the mask, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, no, we gotta get back. Rep the mask, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for
1: a minute. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, are you staying warm in Houston? I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of people that lost power and you were one of them. And uh, it seems that uh, you finally got things in order there
4: yeah i got it back last night overnight um i uh i still have water but uh i'm hoarding i have water dripping out of my front sink so i'm like hoarding water and buckets and pots for the toilet and stuff so (laughs) it's uh
1: it's been been bad it was it was a lot worse out there uh in texas than what i thought it would be it's been it's been pretty bad in mississippi but not near near as bad as uh you know what's been happening out there and then there was a second wave of it i believe too so yeah just a mess they uh
4: they they aren't prepared for the winter storm stuff um a lot of stuff's been coming out about it lately but anyway uh it's it's nice to have power back it's nice to have heat um and internet especially because now i don't have to stare at the ceiling all day so yeah it's
3: yeah i mean
1: we i had kind of before all this happened i kind of uh planned to do a pod after the mavs played the the pistons and you know they had they just traded for dennis smith jr and he was going to be playing against the mavs again and uh i'd actually talked to dennis about potentially coming on here before that game happened and uh You know, then everything else happened. They postponed the game and all that. So, it didn't work out. So, I'm sad about that. But uh, if all goes well, the Mavs should be playing the Houston Rockets uh, on Friday night. And the Rockets have lost, I believe, seven straight games. So, hopefully that one will go different than uh, the 133-108 loss they had against the Rockets at American Airlines Center when they didn't have John Wall or Oladipo or Christian Wood playing in that one. So I'm hoping it goes better than that. Mavs didn't have KP then KP, you know, as inconsistent as he can be at times, Houston is one of those teams that he just destroys every time he plays against them. So if KP is playing, I feel pretty good about that one Friday, but uh, overall are I mean, we're, we're going to get into some stuff, especially with the Mavs G league prospects. They've been, uh, they've been killing it since they're, they've been assigned to their, Uh, G League teams they're not on the Texas Legends because they didn't go to the G League bubble but before we get into all that Matt just where are you at with the Mavs right now 13 and 15 on the season I believe they're 10th in the west they're a couple games out from being in the top eight Uh, all things considered uh, where are you at here at the end of this first half of the NBA season schedule
4: well I obviously am a little disappointed with the way things have gone uh, early on but I feel like they've been playing better the last few weeks or a few weeks, couple weeks. Um, I mean, obviously they have, they've, they've won a few games here and there and they went on a streak, but they seem to have figured a few things out. Um, specifically Lucas scoring a lot of points and carrying them to, to victories over bad teams. <laughs> uh, they've been getting help from it'll be KP one game and then it'll be Tim Hardaway junior in the next game and, you know, and, and back and forth. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I kind of like the direction it's heading. I, I still think that they, they need to fix some other things, um, inject some more life into the roster perhaps. Um, but, you know, the schedule with, with Houston coming up, that favors them. And I, I, I feel a little bit better about that than, you know, um, than I did a couple of weeks ago when they were, what were they, 8 and 13 or something, something yeah. like that? 8, right eight and there, 13
1: so. was the low point
4: yeah the sky was falling and everybody was saying josh green was justin anderson and luca is terrible <laughs> yeah. on, on some message boards and trade kp i mean some of that stuff's still going on but it, it seems like things are starting to stabilize a little bit
1: yeah and i mean as far as the the josh green thing and again we're going to get into these these guys being assigned to the g league but when he was assigned to the g league the other day he was assigned to salt lake city Uh, to play with tyler bay you know you had some people online saying like ah look at there uh there goes josh green to the g league that means he's not good and then here i am sitting over here excited that he got sent to the g league because he's actually gonna get to play and uh further develop instead of just sitting on the end of the bench uh on the varsity team so i'm actually excited about it um Mm -hmm. And it, you know the way Tyler Bay and Tyrell Terry have been killing it so far in the G League, I have no doubt Josh Green's going to do the same thing. He's going to you know show flashes of what we know he can become. Uh, yeah. But just looking at this this end of the first half schedule here, Matt. Like I said, Mavs are 13 and 15, so they're two games under 500. They play at Houston unless unless that gets canceled or something tomorrow we haven't heard anything about that being canceled yet um so they play at houston then they play a back-to-back against the grizzlies and the celtics that's going to be a tough back-to-back uh (laughs) then they play the 76ers which you'd think you know 76ers are the top team in the east but for whatever reason the mavs are like what the suns are to the mavs when it comes to the sixers they always play the sixers pretty well um then two days later, they'll play the star-studded Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Katie and Kyrie's been out for them for a little bit, so we'll see how that goes. And then they finish it off with uh, two games, at one against the Orlando Magic and the other against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so, with seven games left and the Mavs two games under 500, where do you think they end up as far as the standings before this is, this is over? I, I I'm saying – I think they'll end up a game over 500 before it's over.
4: I think they'll probably be in about the same position. Um, maybe 500, but I don't feel great about Brooklyn or Boston or Memphis. Um, Philadelphia is kind of the one there where I'm back and forth on a little bit. Um, Memphis, I, I think they're, they can be better than Memphis for sure. Uh, it's just Memphis kind of scares me for whatever reason. They're just so job ja Morant, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I still don't have full confidence that they are where they need to be. I need to see it against some better teams. Um, and we're going to have that coming up. So right now I'll say one game below 500. Um, but you know, well, I mean been the, the... On the last couple of weeks, so. <laughs>
1: The way things have been trending, at the very least, you know, the math should be over the getting completely embarrassed, you know, phase of their season because I'm looking back at this. Let's see. They've won five of their last seven games, and you look at the wins. The One, one of the losses was that 31-point loss to the Warriors, which was just completely inexcusable. But you just look at the wins in that stretch, Atlanta, six points. Golden State, two points. Minnesota, five points. Atlanta, again, one point. Uh-oh. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta again, one point. Then they finally had a comfortable win, a game that I wasn't able to watch, and I knew was going to happen when I wasn't able to watch it. They played New Orleans, and they won by 13, and they had a heartbreaking Valentine's Day loss, three-point loss to the – Uh, Portland Trailblazers but they're more competitive now you know they're they've got their offense in order unfortunately getting their offense in order has resulted in the defense completely plummeting um I mean they've got I haven't checked lately but the last time I did check they were bottom five in opponents uh points per game Mm-hmm. And I think they give up a little over 114 a game and they score 114 a game. So that's that's not great. The problem is, Matt, I don't know how they fix the defense. It's, it's kind of a give and take thing because we've talked about before, you get the most out of KP when he's playing at the five offensively. But even then, he's, he hasn't been consistent. So when you have him at the five, you know, your defense is going to suffer a little bit more than uh, if you have him at the four and put Maxie or Willie Colley in there. Like we saw, um, I think the last really good defensive game the Mavs had was that game where they held Charlotte to 93 points and then things just went downhill from there. But it's kind of one of those things where you have to have him at the five if you want your offense to roll, but he's really, really hurting your defense when you have him there too. So, I don't know what they need to do to fix this. I'm curious to see if you have any ideas on it because it's kind of, it seems like a sticky situation.
4: There's really not much you can do as far as I'm concerned. I mean, um, unless he magically turns around his defense, like he, he did sort of at the end of last season, um, you got to have him in there. I mean, he's, he's your second best scorer. He's your second best player. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm wondering, too, like, I wonder how much KP's lack of defense, I'm wondering how much that is magnified by the fact that Maxi Kleba hasn't been what he usually is on defense. You know, because yeah, since, I mean, I- since he came back from COVID, he's just – he's not the same defensively. And I think that probably magnifies KP's uh, inabilities on that end.
4: I'm sure it does. But also I think that because Maxi has been so bad on defense, you know, they don't have anybody else to fill Maxi's spot either. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not just one guy that's bad on defense. It's two guys. So you basically have a barn door on defense and that's, that's killing them, but they don't have the personnel to fix it. Um I mean, the only thing to do, I mean, I know people probably think that we're annoying at some point because all we talk about is trades sometimes, but <laughs> it's
1: one of our things. I mean, what can you say?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, but, but when you're 13 and 15, obviously you need to change something. Yeah. It's one thing if you're, you know, the Lakers or, you know, whoever's on top and I guess it's Utah right now. I mean, you, oh, yeah. if you're, if you're first or second in the West, you don't talk about trades but when you're below 500 and your team has some major issues, of course that's what you're going to talk about because that's what you need to talk. That's what your team needs. And I think that's what they need here. They need to trade for somebody who can solidify the middle for them, but they also need to figure out what they're doing on the perimeter because Josh Richardson and Dorian Finney Smith haven't been enough either. Yeah. So
1: you mentioned Utah, you mentioned Utah. I just want to chime in here quickly, but, uh, they've won 20 of their last 21 games. They are flaming hot. <laughs> yes, I, I knew they'd be good. I, I didn't think they'd be near this good. It kind of, uh, I tweeted about this a few weeks ago, but they may not win the title, but it sure does feel like this might be their year uh, as well-rounded as that roster is, as good as they've been. But
4: Maybe they're yeah. the 2011 Mavs.
1: I mean, it feels like it because the Mavs started out that season in a similar way until they had some injury issues. But, yeah, I mean, it's gotten to the point now to where, yes, all the COVID stuff greatly affected how the Mavs uh, could have started this season. And you see things now where, like, the Mavs, even even though they had four key guys out, for a long period of time they were still playing games because they had over eight players they had eight or more players available well now you see the thing like with san antonio with the spurs they have more than eight players available but the nba just uh, postponed their next three or four games i think so you have a lot of people thinking like well how's this fair you know (laughs) uh so that's unfortunate i'm sure they have their reasons for it but um At this point, there's been so many games past that, though, where you can kind of see, okay, what was COVID? What's actually some issues with the roster that you do have to, you know, consider making a couple moves. And the sooner the better, too, because, I mean, uh, with a 72-game season and then you're out in the West, I was looking at the standings earlier, Matt, and it's like everybody in the West in that top eight has not let up except for Denver Denver's fallen down to the eight seed surprisingly but everybody else above them eight and two in their last ten seven and three in their last ten you know it's just relentless they uh, they're not letting up and the Mavs they're gonna have to do something they're gonna have to go on a big run uh, if they want to not just get in the playoffs but if they want to get higher than that seven or eight seed and potentially get trounced by the lakers in the first round so (laughs) or utah
4: (laughs) i mean that's kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the season it's like the with the shorter schedule there's a smaller margin for error and it's very unfortunate that they got off to the start they did because now they're in a pretty big hole and i I, the other teams in the west they know there's not a margin for error either they're not going to let up i mean it's Every night's just going to be a a little bit more intense during the regular season now, especially as we continue to go forward.
1: And and let me say this. This shouldn't even have to be said, but I've seen some stuff online, and I I just want to address it. If you think that Luca has anything to do with the Mavs' struggle, or if, if you think that Luca needs to be doing more than he is right now to will his team to more wins, then you don't know as much about basketball as you think you do, because he's he was an All NBA first teamer last year, and by the advanced statistics, by the analytics, he is having a better season this year than he was last year. And I mean, anybody trying to pin this on Luca isn't watching these basketball games. So
4: no, they're either an Atlanta Hawks fan or they're uh, just miserable. They're just they're just. Dumb. <laughs> And then there's the ones who are talking about um, Drummond and Gobert and all this stuff, too. So we'll just, you know. Well, and,
1: I mean, look, just for an example, like, okay, so last night Damian Lillard had another clutch finish to a game. He beat the Pelicans. And, you know, Luca beat the Pelicans. <laughs> Luca went for 46 and beat the Pelicans by 13 the other day. So I don't know how this came up. But, anyway, the point is – You know, people are saying, like, oh, well, Damian Lillard, he just goes out there and and wins games for you. Uh, Luka needs to be doing that. I mean, it's not as simple as that. You go and look at that box score last night from the Blazers and Pelicans. Dame had five other teammates in double digits. Gary Trent hit five of ten from three. And Mello and Covington, I think they only missed one three each. So, you have to have help. Even as good as Dame is. I love Dame. He's one of my favorite players in the league and he's super clutch he's really good and everything but you can't do it all by yourself you know he got help throughout that game and then when it got to the fourth quarter he hadn't had to do it all himself up to that point and he had the energy the stamina to go out there and do what he does best in the fourth quarter so you can't just do it all by yourself and then expect you know 48 minutes of a guy being an all-world player Uh, you have to have help so, uh, there's my little rant for the day
4: <laughs> I, I think in a sense it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like the dark effect or, you know earlier in his career when he was having to do so much and they were so average uh, especially after Nash left and like there was kind of that gray area of people like questioning Dirk and his, you know, ability to be clutch, his ability in the playoffs and all that stuff. It's kind of the same thing here or with like Peyton Manning. It's like, he's so statistically good, but then when, you know, he can't get you over the hump because he didn't have a lot of help. Um, Which is
1: crazy because Dirk was, Dirk was what? 25 at that time, 24, 25.
4: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's people being impatient, um, not understanding that while basketball is probably the most star-driven league in sports, that doesn't mean that, you know, not everybody's going to be LeBron and take a terrible Cavs team to the finals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if Luca was in that Eastern conference, he probably could do that. Yeah. But Mavs, he's not. Mavs would
1: be Mavs would be seventh in the East right now. The top seed in the East, which is the Sixers, they would be a half game ahead of the fifth seed in the West right now. So it's I mean, just... it's, it's a joke. <laughs> And they need, to, need to, to do a reseeding. They need to do a playoff 1 through 16 and just do away with conference stuff because it's – other than scheduling, you know, less travel and everything, I don't see what the uh, – I don't see what the advantage is of keeping conferences the way they are Where's other stuff? than tradition.
4: It, I mean, you know, it, it's – I don't get it either. But oh, go, going back to Dame, he's also probably the most clutch player in the NBA – Like, bar none, I don't think there's anybody you could say that's more clutch than him. So, I mean, yeah, the guy hit shots. He hit one against the Mavs the other night. And Luca had an opportunity to hit one and he missed one. But guess what? Jordan missed game winners, too. Like, I I think people have selected memory on stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and And it's it's, it's unfortunate.
1: Especially this year, too, because, you know, Dame, it'll eventually catch up. It'll even out. But to start this season, I think I saw – I think it might have been Chuck Cooperstein that tweeted it out, that the Blazers, and this was before last night's game, so now they would be 12-3 and three this season in clutch games. And their offensive rating is through the roof when it gets to clutch time. So, <laughs> they've been on an absolute tear lately. And it's not just Dame. I mean, it's the entire team. They're playing well despite being down uh, C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I still think the Mazzle – Will end up being fine. Uh, Luca will end up being fine. He's going to do his thing no matter what. Uh, I just really hope with with Porzingis that it's more of a mental thing than it is physically. And I think it is because just from watching him play, he's capable, in my opinion, to physically, you know, move over and help.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And uh, his lateral movement just doesn't look like it's there right now, but I think it's more of a mental lapse than his actual like, oh, he can't physically move that way. Right. Uh, I, I hope I'm right about that. Uh, if I am, you know, we'll start to see it here in the next few weeks and then on into the second part of the schedule. But if KP can get going if they can just have that second guy who they know can get you 20 each night, it, it makes a world of difference from Luca and for for Luca and it makes a world of difference for the rest of the guys too. because uh, right now some of these other guys are just having to play out of their, one bright spot for the Mavs here lately, Matt, and I said at the beginning we'd get into this, but uh, they're rookies. You know, we, we were on record. We, we were very excited on draft night because it basically went the way we, we wanted it to, and I still think Josh Green has a, a ton of potential. I think he's going to be a really good player going forward. He just hasn't had the opportunity uh, to, to showcase what he can do, and it's been a weird season. There wasn't summer league. There was a shortened uh, preseason, a shortened training camp, uh, and he's only played like 17 games this year, and it's been very limited minutes. So you can't shut the door on guys this early into their career. But uh, we're going to see what Josh Green has, uh, what he has to show when he plays in the G League here these next few weeks. But uh, Tyler Bay and Tyler uh, Tyrell Terry have – completely uh, scorched the G League so far uh, Tyrell Terry you know his, his shooting percentages aren't that great right now but he's averaging 16 points uh, five rebounds and almost three assists per game uh, and he showed I don't know if you've seen uh, most of the highlights from him Matt but <laughs> when he shoots threes it just it has a, a baby Steph Curry vibe to him you know it's just very effortless. He's got that little uh, that little Curry step-back deal. I don't know if it's like his physique. Like, he's a, he's a lighter-built guy, so it just –
4: Probably it, something like
1: that. Yeah, I mean, it just – aesthetically, it, it looks like Steph Curry doing stuff out there. So, I'm glad he's gotten some run uh, with the Memphis hustle. Uh, he's gotten a lot more playing time than I thought he would. You know, you kind of worry about these guys going to other teams, G League – uh, affiliate teams and like oh well he's with the Mavs We've, <laughs> we might not give him as much playing time but he's done really well but the guy that I've been most impressed with is Tyler Bay and he's a guy that I think the Mavs could use right now uh you know I think uh, as good as he is defensively as long as he is as bouncy as he is I think he could be helping this Mavs team immediately uh He's six, nine. Uh, he's, he's averaging 16 points, almost eight rebounds per game, but the most impressive thing, he's shooting 56% from the field and he hasn't shot a lot of threes, but he's shooting 50% on his threes that he has taken. So <laughs> I, I really like what I've seen out of Bay. Um, he brings energy. Uh, I was talking to our guy, Bobby Corrala the other night, um, just about this transition for the rookies and everything. And we were talking about Bay and the way he described Bay, he said it was like if Brandon Wright and uh, Dorian Finney Smith did the Dragon Ball Z fusion dance. (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? I'll take that every day of the week. That's what the Mavs need right now. So.
4: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I think if that was actually the case, um he'd probably be getting a little bit more run with the varsity i mean he he might have the traits that's just to me that sounds like an nba starter like so you know i don't know but i mean that sounds great to me i'd love for them to have that i just uh i'm a little cautious with getting too optimistic about g-league guys because to be
1: fair you you can finish your thought but to be fair I think he was just saying like, this is the prototype, you know, yeah. this is, this is what he could be. It's not what he is now, but he's shown flashes of that's the kind of player he can be.
4: Yeah, that makes sense. But also I, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I have a hard time getting optimistic about G League guys because of Rick Carlisle, because I don't think that he's going to give them the look that they deserve. Even That's
1: fair. That's
4: Cause Josh Reeves was the G league darling last year. And we all thought that he had great defensive tools and athleticism. And when he got to get on the court, you can kind of see it, you know, but I don't know that he's going to give Tyrell Terry or Tyler Bay the opportunity to get on the court. He's given Josh green, a couple of opportunities just based off necessity. And now that that, that necessity is gone, he's, he's shipped him off to the G league. And I just, you know, I've, I have a lot of big bones to pick with Rick Carlisle at the moment. Yeah um i i won't get into a lot of them right now but like in 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 the instance of bay or green specifically your big issue is defense so why not play two guys who are going to play super super hard on that end and and be able to compete at least as a defender on your average nba shooting guard or you know small forward or whatever and and let them get some run when i mean what else what like
1: what do you have to lose at this point right the way way things have gone
4: (laughs) yeah james johnson's been fine up and down here and there like he's kind of fallen off a little bit in my opinion inject some youth into the lineup man like literally like okay play josh green instead of trey burke yeah you don't need to play trey burke next to jalen brunson ever again for the rest of time it do, it's stupid it doesn't work
1: yeah Trey Burke I feel like and I mean I, I don't mean any disrespect to him whatsoever he was great for the Mavs in the bubble when they desperately needed a guy like him with Brunson out but he's played more this season like the guy the 76ers cut last year than the Trey we saw in the in the bubble and he had that one flamethrower game uh, against the Orlando Magic, and I kind of wonder if he used up his uh, all of his magic <laughs> in that one game against yeah. Orlando. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think well, some of these spare minutes need to be going to these younger guys who not, not, not just because – like you said, they need defense. And both both Green and Bay – are known as good defenders. And, yeah, they're raw offensively, but they play really hard on that end. They make good things happen. Uh, You have a higher chance of getting a steal or deflection or something, just disrupting the other team. And good things happen, you know, when when players do that. So I don't know why they don't get a little bit more run because usually that's the thing with Rick. It's like, okay, a young guy is not going to get playing time unless he like really gets after it on the defensive end. Cause you remember when Dorian Finney Smith uh, was first signed, you know, he was basically just a camp invite and then he showed what a dog he could be on the defensive end. And he ended up getting in favor with Rick and uh, they were playing him early on, even though, you know, his offense hadn't come together yet. Yeah. You remember there, there were times where fans were calling for Dorian Finney Smith to get cut. Uh, and they wanted to add somebody else <laughs> and and yeah, because he couldn't shoot. But Rick was playing him anyway because he was making a positive impact on the defensive end. So I don't know why that same rule can't apply to these guys, especially guys that, you know, you drafted uh, Green at number 18, and then you drafted Bay as a part of that trade where you sent Seth Curry to Philly, who's killing it now, And you get back Josh Green and Bay and, you know, not not Josh Green, uh, Josh Richardson and Bay. And Josh Richardson's kind of underperformed too. So, if I'm the Mavs, I'm trying to make something out of Bay to salvage that Curry trade. Because the Curry trade is looking bad right now.
4: Yeah, the Seth Curry thing sucks. Uh, It sucks because, I mean, he had an awesome game the other night. Uh, And every time you see him drain a three, you're like, man – i miss him
1: (laughs) he's a fit he's almost he's on track or he's very close to having a 50 50 100 season as far as efficiency goes and that just doesn't you know 50 40 90 is already rare rarefied air yeah and there he is giving you a 50 50 100
4: (laughs) yeah but like as far as bay goes whether what bobby said is true or not there's no reason he can't be the next Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Like, give, give the guy a chance. He's obviously got the athletic tools to do that at least. So just, just let it happen.
1: Like, and honestly, to me, you know, that, that, was, that was Bobby's response to what my, what my eyes see. And, again, I'm not saying that Bay is going to be this player, but just, like, physically how he's built and, like, how he plays the game it's it gives you kind of a Sean Marion type of vibe. And he's not – he I, he'll never be Sean Marion. I'm just saying, like, with how he plays, like, the feel he gives, it, it, it kind of yeah. has a Sean Marion-esque vibe to it.
4: And the athleticism, too. I mean, it's there. There's no reason not to have that kind of athlete on your roster, and instead you're trotting out, you know – Dwight Powell to run around for a few minutes and get hit in the face and you're running out. Yeah. Undersized Trey Burke. I mean, there's, there's different ways to construct the, the, the second unit in your roster where Bay could slide in there or green could slide in there and they can make an impact on the defensive end. It doesn't make sense that they're not. And that's Rick being old man, coach, NBA, stubborn, <laughs> red, hour box cigar, Rick Carlisle. And it's annoying. Yeah. It's hurting them.
1: Yeah. And, look, I don't, think, I don't think we're grasping for straws or anything either because uh, you've got national, national media guys like Tim McMahon. Uh, he tweeted out the other day, like, he's even noticed what Bay is doing uh, in the G League. And he even wonders if he could get some actual rotation minutes for the Mavs this season as well as he played. So, I mean, it's not just us calling for it. There's a lot of people seeing what he's doing right now and thinking, like, man, <laughs> this guy could be helpful so hopefully it trends in that direction and uh we can get a little bit more because i mean green he's had a couple opportunities he hasn't had a lot but he has had a couple opportunities to you know showcase what he's got um uh, but you know bay he just he really hasn't gotten anything except for you know some throwaway minutes at the end like say that early 50 point blow out of the clippers that seems like eons ago Uh, he got a little bit of like two minutes maybe in that game, but other than that, he really hasn't had the opportunity. So I I really hope it works out and I hope he can end up helping the Mavs sooner than later. And that would end up that, you know, I think Josh Richardson will be better than what he's been so far. Uh, It's kind of trended that way the last five, six games. Um, but if Bay turns out to be just a rotational player, if he, like, like you said, if he can just be kind of what dorian finney smith is even that makes that trade a win it makes it look better at least Well, it's,
4: it's not even that if he's three quarters of what dorian is it's a win or half of what dorian because dorian's a really good defender
1: just a helpful player
4: yeah if he if he just contributes defensively to a team that is struggling big time in that area it's a win yeah I mean, he could. Before Dwight Powell got hurt, he was a good player. We we frust, we were frustrated with him. We yelled about him, but he was a good player. He was an impactful player.
1: Yeah, he wasn't he was perfect, but he was good. Yeah,
4: he yeah he was a he was a throw in with Rondo, but he was the better thing that came out of that deal. I'm not saying yeah. Josh Richardson to Rondo by any means. Don't get that twisted. But there's no reason that that Bay shouldn't get an opportunity to have the same chance that Dwight Powell had when he got, when he came here from that trade or that Dorian had when he came into camp. Just the fact that Rick doesn't give these young kids opportunities to succeed early enough, it, it bothers me to no end.
1: Well, and I th- that's a good point you bring up about, about Dwight Powell because I think if we want to be optimistic about it, I think that's one thing you can look at and be optimistic because the way that Rondo trade went, I don't know that the Mavs – I don't know that they thought that Powell would develop into what he did before the injury. Because like you said, he, I mean, he wasn't a perfect player, but he was he was very good. He was an elite role man, uh, finishing lobs and everything like that. So I don't know that they – saw him turning into that kind of player at the time they traded for Rondo. But I think the way the Rondo trade went, it kind of made the Mavs front office a little hard-headed, uh, the front office a little hard-headed about it. Like, okay, we are going to salvage this as much as we possibly can. So they were kind of bullish on <laughs> on Dwight Powell until he kind of, you know, he turned into a serviceable player. So I'm hoping they take the same approach with with Bay. Uh and again, like you said, I mean, we're not saying Richardson is Rondo. I mean, I think Richardson will eventually get it together, and he'll be, you know, a lot better uh, in the second half of this season. But sure. I do think, as good as Curry has been, the way that trade looks right now, I wouldn't be shocked if the Mass front office was like, "Okay, let's uh, let's kind of push the envelope with Bay here and kind of make this look better." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes.
4: I think one thing that's getting lost on people also is I don't, I really don't want to use this as an excuse, but it's true. I think when you make that much of a roster turnover to key positions and basically your entire, the entire fabric of your roster has shifted, like bringing in Josh Richardson shipping out Seth Curry, playing James Johnson, uh, Willie Colley Stein getting, you know, just things they haven't had continuity with their roster and from year to year and in quite a while. And this past summer, they made a lot of changes that made a difference. You know, JJ is gone, this, that, and the other. It takes time for all of these pieces to fit in together and play with chemistry. I mean, it. 27 games is a lot or 28 games, whatever it is, but I still think they need more time to figure out how to play together. Like all the COVID stuff, all the injuries, it's just, it's been so up and down for the roster the whole way. The only constant thing has been Luka. The only constant thing. Everything else has been out of whack and all over the place. So I think that the, the general fan needs to kind of take a step back and be like, all right, we can see what this looks like after the all-star break. And as we approach the trade deadline, but like right now, I think they just need more time, and yeah, I know I mentioned a trade earlier, and I still think that's something they could possibly need or that they I do think need, they but...
1: definitely do i mean i agree with I agree with you that the team needs needs more time to jail because the way things have gone and it already being a weird season anyway where they didn't have a normal training camp preseason all that all that stuff, the season started a whole lot sooner than it usually does because they wanted to rush to uh the nBA wanted to try to save as much revenue as they could uh heading into this season so it just it hasn't been your typical your typical year all around and that was even before the team lost four key guys to covid for two little over two weeks so i agree yeah they they do have to uh have to gel a little bit better and getting over covid's hard you know i i got it and post COVID was worse for me than actual COVID. You know, I felt cruddy for a few days when I had it, but, uh, the lingering effects for the next two, three, four weeks, it was pretty bad. Uh, so
4: yeah.
1: I'm not saying that these guys are experiencing the same stuff I did. I just know from experience that it can be, you know, the, the after effects can be just as bad, if not worse than what you actually feel when you have it. So there could be days where these guys feel perfectly fine Uh, Josh Richardson might have a good game he feels good and everything there might be a day where he's sluggish and he's having some some post-COVID effects and it uh, I think it's affected Maxie more than anything I don't know that for sure but it sure does feel like it watching him and I really hope he does get back to the uh, the defensive what's the word Uh, the brick wall that he used to be because nobody no nobody would score on maxi at the rim and you know lately you know he had carmelo anthony drive past him for a dunk the other night that's just that's not (laughs) maxi that is not maxi cleva so uh, i really hope he does get back to where he needs to be but we'll see how it goes Uh, i'm optimistic about this end of the first half schedule uh i think they'll do well i do expect them to be at or at least a game above 500 before it's over just based on other team situations with injuries and uh, who they have left to play but hopefully they do get there before the end of this first half schedule because I haven't shaved uh in like three weeks and I haven't got a haircut either that's a mess uh I I really need to shave Matt so I don't know if you're doing the 500 beard thing too but it's getting a little out of control (laughs)
4: <laughs> i always have a beard because i look like a fat baby if i if i don't so
1: yeah i haven't i haven't like fully been clean shaven in probably three years and i mentioned it to my wife i was like as soon as the mavs get back to 500 i'm shaving and even she was just kind of like uh, i don't know <laughs> i don't know if you need to do that <laughs> so we'll see at how
4: least get a nice trim
1: yeah <laughs> at the very least i'm gonna trim it real good so
4: yeah
1: uh but yeah that's gonna do it uh for another episode of the math step back podcast, guys, we appreciate y'all coming in every week and giving us a listen. And uh, we're going to try to do, you know, more YouTube stuff. If we're going to record, you know, uh, Matt, we might as well do this a little bit more often and just put it up on YouTube, just so we actually have some content to promote because uh, we're getting closer to that thousand subscriber Mark. I think there's about 250 spots left. So if you're in our first thousand subscribers on YouTube, You'll have a chance to win two tickets to the Mavs home game of your choice uh, once it becomes a regular thing again for fans attending games. They're slowly but surely letting people back in. So uh, if you're not on that train yet, be sure to get on. Uh, Like I said, there's about 250 spots left. So go subscribe on YouTube and uh, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to. But, guys, we appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of the week and a great weekend. And – We'll see if the Mavs play the Rockets tomorrow. And if something else happens that warrants an emergency podcast, we'll see you again. But y'all have a good one.
3: Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.